Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez and a special guest who we will be introducing in just a couple of moments. We like you to know that this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then it's available on various podcast outlets and it's available for replay on those two outlets as well. And all of the information I'm going to share right now is in the description. So I'll go over this rather briefly. You can reach us by writing us an email. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. Again, that's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at CSMPC.com. We invite you to share with us your stories, your questions, your recommendations for guests or topics. And a lot of what we do is we read your letters because when we read letters from people who have gone through the experience of pet loss, invariably it benefits others who experience solace and a degree of peace from just learning that they're not alone. And so if you do send us a letter, we will respond to you in any case, but if you will allow us to share it, please let us know that. So tell us that we can share it on the program so that we know that we have your permission. You can support our work in a number of ways through Venmo, through PayPal, through a monthly subscription. All of the above are in the program description. We'd like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. You can learn more about Dakin at D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. Dakin sponsors a monthly cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate. It's usually on the second Tuesday of the month. It runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And you will find an RSVP link in the program description. The next one of these meetings is next week. It's the 14th. And uh, so please consider joining if you think that will be helpful. Again, it's cost-free and you can actually join from anywhere in the United States, from anywhere in the world. We've had people from all over the place in very different time zones. And it's always great to to have you be part of the conversation. And also please consider subscribing on YouTube if you find this program valuable. We ask you to do that because the more people who subscribe, the more other people who may benefit the program will likely find out about it because the more subscribers there are, the higher it ranks when there's a search for for pet loss support. So I am going to introduce our guest, and we can't tell you how happy we are yeah. to have Grant Hader Menzies with us. Grant has actually been corresponding with us for quite a while, actually, and so he's he we've we've heard from him over the course of the past year, and he's done something quite brilliant and quite beautiful. <laughs> he's written a book about the loss of his beloved. Uh, dog, Freddie. And let me just tell you a little bit about him. After a decade of writing biographies of extraordinary but unsung women active in the arts, diplomacy, and politics, Grant Hader Menzies turned to writing about the lives of extraordinary but unsung animals. Rags, mascot, and dispatch dog of the American First Division in World War I France, mm -hmm. the thousands of elderly, neglected former war horses abandoned in Egypt, by British forces at the termination of World War I, 
and saved by Englishwoman Dorothy Brooke. Wu, the Javanese monkey companion of Can Canadian artist and writer Emily Carr, and Muggins, Muggins. fundraising dog of World War I, Victoria, British Columbia. His memoir of his rescue dog, Freddie, who lived from 2000, oh, 2009 to 2021, and who inspired him to write about animals, comes out soon. It comes out in the fall of this year in Canada. Huh? Grant is also literary executor of playwright William Luce, who lived from 1931 to 2019, the award-winning author of Broadway classic, The Bell of Amherst. Grant lives in Sydney, British Columbia with his partner Rudy and rescue dog Nico. This information also is in the description. You can learn more about Grant at his website, which is grantmenzies.wix.com slash author. So we welcome Grant. We're so happy to have him here. And Nancy, do you want to just get us started? I would. I, Grant, we are very, very pleased to meet with you in person, well, on Zoom, and to <laughs> hear about your wonderful book around Freddie. You know, we talk a lot about memorials and rituals, and this book is, is such a good book. Ken and I have read it already, and it really speaks to your bond with this beautiful little boy that you rescued and that it really memorializes not just him but your relationship with him so we'd really like you to talk a little bit about how you got started with the book i mean I, we have talked to you over the year about freddie um so please you know whatever you want to share we would love to hear and i'm sure i'm sure our audience would like that too thank you it's, it's wonderful wonderful to be here and uh, uh, be able to see. I, I'm not alone. I'm here with uh, Nico, <laughs> our, uh, who we adopted the, of October uh, last year, which is uh, uh, which was a year after Freddie left us. Uh, strange uh, uh, coincidence, um, uh, or meant to be, kind of date. Um, so I, when Freddie began. Uh, when, when his his illness began, or basically his diagnosis, it was um, July uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we 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 saw af after a time um, uh, that he wasn't doing too well. He was having some heart issues uh, earlier that year. He was having um, uh, 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 turned out to be uh, a heart murmur mm -hmm. and his vet in Victoria monitored him and uh, it he was on medication after night and then it started to uh, he started to have a cough and that's when we took him in again and she uh, uh, Dr. Mully in Victoria she wanted to do uh, uh, a, a scan of his uh, mm -hmm. ultrasound of his of his heart, and during the procedure, she, I want to I want to see what's going on down below here. So she uh, she and the technician examined his his abdomen, and she came out an hour later to tell us that he had come out from under, uh, ready to come out from under, um, uh, and the the well, not sort of the the 
uh, you know, the, the anesthesia to, to kind of knock him out, and that she noticed three lesions on his spleen. And she uh, saw enough, there was enough there for her to uh, conclude that it was hemangiosarcoma, which is um, one of the worst, if not the worst, um, cancers because it's vascular. It can spread throughout the body through the bloodstream. And so, and so we, uh, that spring had been quite eventful. Uh, the world had gone into lockdown. Um, I was working uh, uh, a day job for a charity in downtown Victoria. My job had ended because it, it, the, the lockdown and all the other um, uh, procedures, uh, all of the protocols uh, made it impossible to, to keep open. So that, you know, that stream of, of, uh, of, um, uh, of income was cut off and some other, and then some other things happened. And then this happened with, with Freddie, and it was like, oh my God, I, what was, was there, were we not paying attention? I mean, where yeah. was he giving us some, trying to tell us that something was wrong with him? So we uh, were told, you know, with his heart condition, he might not survive surgery, but let's get him started on this new medication. And so, uh, we got him started, we took him uh, in for surgery. He aced it, made it, made it through fine, brought him home. And uh, basically what they did is they, they took his spleen out. Mm -hmm. um, and then we discussed with uh, 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 the, uh, the doctor whether to proceed with um, chemotherapy. And it was at this time I started keeping a diary of, mm -hmm. of every, every day sometimes, you know, every minute to, um, so that I could remember what had happened and, and we could make sure that we could look back through it. And if he survived, we could see like, what, what are the signs of something of mm -hmm. a recurrence? Like, what are the, cause I just feel like I, I felt like I wasn't paying attention. And again, this is a, I think a lot of people around the world who, um, have been through the, the COVID experience um uh would would probably agree that i mean it, it, it's it's caused a lot of distraction it's caused, mm -hmm. uh, um at, ultimately it was to affect our ability to even be with freddie when he went, went in for his, the hospital yeah. yeah we actually couldn't go in with him yep. until almost the very end when he had his second bout of cancer and by that time things had relaxed a bit but um, so, and I kept this diary just, you know, and also with the thought that, um, this might be it. And, uh, he, he's in my diaries. I keep, I kept diaries since I was a child. He's, he's in 11 years of my diaries already, but nothing like this with the you know, sure. health, the health issues. So, um, of the, of this magnitude. So we decided on chemotherapy and, um, we were told he might not make it because it's five doses of um, doxorubicin, which is one of the most strong, um, strong. It's, it's mm -hmm. called, you know, the red death or something. It's, it's, and the very thought that we were, you know, I had said yes to putting poison in him, but yeah. we, he wanted to live. Mm -hmm. See, he wanted, they tell you when they want to live. Mm -hmm. So, 
as you know. And and so, um, and he aced that. That the the his vet and that we had to go to the mainland. So this meant getting on the ferry, sixty mile sailing, wow. uh, each way, um, staying overnight at a hotel so that he wouldn't be tired. We took him to uh, his old haunts at um, Stanley Park, uh, where we lived near there for a few years uh, before we moved to the island, and he loved it very much. Uh, loved um, putting the squirrels in their place and uh, um, just uh, uh, strolling around. And so um, his his veterinarian, his oncologist, and the veterinary staff uh, in um, uh, in Langley, D.C., um, at Boundary Bay uh, Veterinary uh, Specialty Hospital, couldn't believe it. Like he was, he's was what 11 years old, 11, 12 years old, uh, and uh, he was uh, just doing doing really great. And after his fifth um, treatment, he was declared in remission. And so uh, we thought, okay, and that, that's I wanted to keep the diary going because of you know, just to follow up and see like what's going to happen next. Um, he at that point we moved from Victoria, uh, where we were living then, uh, out where we are now to Sydney at the, the northern tip of the Saanich Peninsula, surrounded by water on three sides. It was old, uh, old familiar territory for Freddie. That was where he lived for. 10 years when we, my ex and I had him uh, and uh, after adopting him. And so we were able to give him eight months of, of, of you know, walking on the beach and so on here. And then um, he, uh, during, during that period, he developed lymphoma. And um, that this is where my regrets come in because I wonder whether I, I it's 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 not resolved whether we I made the right choice. Um, he seemed to be doing so well. He wanted he was having a great time living. He loved his home, wanted to be here with us. So I said yes to chemotherapy. The doctor, his veteran veterinarian, um, suggested this might be the time to consider palliative care given his age and his heart condition. But we went ahead with it, and he was doing fine. It the, his it, the, it was shrinking, and then uh, I like to describe it as kind of a a race between his heart and his cancer, mm -hmm. and his heart won, and as it as it were, the heart his heart gave out. He just couldn't, and he was he was on uh, a lot of medication for it. We had many sleepless nights and, and very difficult times um, because it affects their bodies. It uh, makes them incontinent. Um, it, uh, it affected his uh, being given um, prednisone, affected his appetite, sure. made him emotionally uh, um, um, distressed. Um, we, were, we were worried about, you know, are we doing the right thing? And toward the end, I had really resolved to not to not continue, um, but uh, uh, he had one wonderful day, the twenty fourth of October, and where everything seemed to be looking great. I even wrote in my diary, he's, you know, he's turned a corner. This, uh, that, you know, we, we'll have him for at least a few more years, 
And then early that morning, he crashed and uh, he, you know, he couldn't breathe. So uh, we took him to um, uh, a mad dash to the hospital. Sure. And uh, they said, there's nothing more we can do. So uh, they said, you know, if you want to see him, you should come in right now. So mm -hmm. we went in. Yeah. And he couldn't really breathe. He was in an oxygen cage. Um, they brought him out, and he was very weak. But when he saw us, he stood up. Well, he was saying goodbye, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's that's that was the end. Um, and uh, all of that is in my diaries. And so I thought, at the end of all of this, what will I do with this? Will I put everything away because we couldn't? Yeah. Couldn't bear to see it. Couldn't couldn't talk about it, and so. Um, not that it's probably about five or five months later or so. Um, I thought, you know, I really should write something about this because I mean, what if I get hit by a bus? <laughs> I mean, who will know his story? It's, it's in, and it's a great story. I mentioned, yeah. I mentioned him in yeah. some of the books. I mentioned him in, in, in some of, in a couple of my later books, he actually appears. He's with me when I've gone research trips. I want to show this picture uh, of look at Grant little boy. and Freddie at one of Grant's book events. Oh, look at that little boy. <laughs> what a cutie. Really beautiful. That's at, that's at um, Tanner's Books in, in Sydney here. They, they had an event for me to sign copies of my, my biography of Rags, uh, the, uh, the first division mascot, the dispatch dog, uh, and uh, also my, my biography of Dorothy Brooke who founded um, the Brooke Hospital for, for Animals in Cairo, Egypt. And um, everybody, he was per perfect little gentleman. You can see he's wearing his little tie. <laughs> I know, I can see uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. However, he, he was glad to be returned to Rudy's arms. Um, uh, but now now I have the, uh, <laughs> the situation where Nico, our new puppy, doesn't want to anywhere else but here so it kind of makes he's right there right writing is i mean if i ever have another public um, event i suppose i'll have to do it like this you know one, <laughs> like, we thought about getting one of those sling things where you can yeah you just wear a baby sling yeah but he wants to be we actually had one for freddie thinking that if he ever got to the point where he couldn't walk anymore we would carry him around that way but we gave it away with a lot of things when he passed away but um I don't think it would work for Nico. He wants to, he wants to get really close. Um, and uh, so he's fast asleep. I can't. Amazing. Of course he is. A lot of bright light, but he's fast asleep. So, and that's that's when. And then I, I and I talked to you, to both of you, um, through email uh, about about my concerns about Rudy and how he was suffering. Because it was, it was rough. Yeah, of course and, it's rough. It's hard because you have two things going on at the same time. Yeah. And and there's you don't know how it's going to end. Um, no. in this case for um Freddie it was the heart, 
instead of the cancer, but any of that treatment for either one could affect the other issue, right? Yes, and exactly. that's and you, and you can't, they can't tell you, right, no. exactly what's, what is going on with them. And yeah. it's very, very upsetting and difficult and frightening when you have to make these decisions. And I, I want to thank you, Grant. It was hard. It was, it's hard talking about this. Um, and I, it's amazing that I can. And, and I, I think it, it helps having Nico here. Yeah, uh, it, sure. helps, it helps mostly that, that Rudy can listen to it and not not be as as upset. Um, and that that means a lot to me. So. What, one of the things that that strikes me about your story is with the extraordinary amount of attention that yeah. you were giving, that you and Rudy and your veterinarian and you were chronicling every, you said sometimes you would write many times a day, mm -hmm. still, still the uncertainty is always there. And I think it's very important for people to hear that, that you give the very best care you possibly can. You are, you are thinking about it in a very, comprehensive fashion you're making decisions about the balance of of risks and you yes. you do the very best you can and clearly you made you made the best to sit you loved freddie with all of your hearts and you did everything you possibly could for him and still right. there's ambivalence questions. And there's questions yeah, and, yeah because i it's mostly as i mentioned it's mostly about the the uh chemotherapy uh, the second second round yeah, of chemotherapy. Chemotherapy. I, I wish I could dial back to that and, and change what I decided to do. I, I feel like he might have been with us longer. I, I, we were told by professionals, and I, I trust them. I, I'm a big believer in professionals. I myself am a cancer survivor. I believe in you know listening to people who know more about it than I do. Um, that, when they said it's the chemotherapy is not affecting his heart, but it got worse so much faster. And of course, it, it does do that, though. Yeah, sometimes um, that happens, right? And and I mean, he had like a stage five, four, and then all of a sudden it was a stage five. And then um, he was. Uh, we got a special air conditioner. We don't, you know, necessarily need one that often here, <laughs> but it it was. We had a, oh, a heat dome. Um, the summer of um, was it 20, uh, 2021 and uh, we uh, just basically kept him in the bedroom with the air conditioner um, so he would be cool uh, we we always uh, I mean life was the, the, the list of his medications and the, the, the uh, all of the timings I mean some of them didn't didn't had pretty particular food excuse me, some not, some had to be given um, at intervals from the others. Uh, and it was, I had to draw up these, you know, medical grade charts to yeah. make sure we weren't making any mistakes. mistakes. Any, any little mistake might, might make a difference uh, in the, in a bad way. And so um, we, uh, one of the things that also led me to think I should really write the, all of this down was that we did we did set up a little memorial to him in the house in our bedroom um, I went out I was 
downtown Victoria looking through an antique shop. It's one of the things you do when you're going through grief is you um, you do, uh, what is it, um, retail therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, just looking at things uh, to get out of yourself. And mm -hmm. I found a little chest, little, a little chest that was made in London sometime in the, in the early 1900s. And it, it opens at the top. And then it has a little drawer underneath and then a shelf under that. And I immediately thought that's this, that's where we'll put his things. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, all of the things he'd last worn that still smelled of him, we put in there, this, the toys that he loved best. Mm -hmm. And um, just a lot of different things we, we put in the top mm -hmm. and then uh, the little shelf underneath holds his uh, his um, urn, mm -hmm. which I had specially designed um, uh, by a, uh, a, a, a ceramist in uh, New York State. Um, uh, yeah. She does. She she did. I don't think she makes them anymore. But she was making these urns, and it has a portrait of him on the top. She asked me. She I sent her a dozen photos and. She said, now, I, I know what he looked like, and I can do this for you. What do you want him? Do you want him to be sleeping? And I said, no, I want him to be standing, looking up, because that's that's what he was like when we last, when we said goodbye mm -hmm. to him. Yeah. So we put that on the shelf. And then in the drawer went all of his, his tags and, and things. Mm -hmm. And then he has a little portrait that was done back in 2012 by a local artist, fine artist, Vicky Bowes. Um, and uh, that's on the wall above that. And then uh, uh, when he uh, when he passed away, a lot of people, when they found out, sent us cards, sent us mm -hmm. letters. Some people commissioned art. Wow. Sent us sketches that artists that commissioned sketches of him. Uh, um, uh, 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 one friend, uh, Gary Edwards in in uh, the UK uh, had a uh, a felting artist make a miniature version of Freddie. Oh my goodness, that's great! We had to put it in a in our our glass cabinet it, off in the corner for a little while because it looked so much like him. It was it was upsetting, but it's it's so it's absolutely it's a treasure, and uh, we got letters from all kinds of people. Uh, and cards. Uh, um, I've mentioned some of them in the in the manuscript mm -hmm. that you read. Um, and uh, um, one of them was from uh, Camilla, uh, Queen Consort, who was then the Duchess of Cornwall. Uh, she uh, had read from my from my biography of Dorothy Brooke. She's the president of Brooke. Um, Action for Working Horses and Donkeys in London. Oh, that's right. right. And, uh, she uh, she had read my book about Dorothy Brooke. She actually read from it at a, a carol's um, a carol service at Guards Chapel in London. And um, I had sent her a copy of my Muggins book, as promised. And I mentioned that unfortunately, um, uh, Freddie had passed away uh, five days after the book was published. Mm -hmm. And uh, he helped. He helped me unbox. I don't know how many copies, how many uh, authors' copies um, over the years, and that was the last one he was able to, to do. And so, uh, she wrote a lovely note back to us, and um, 
telling us about uh, a, a little dog named Freddie that she had loved very much. Uh, so, Freddie was very popular, very yeah, popular yeah. little guy, right? Marks, friends, and, stuff. and our our friend um, uh, Linda Rogers wrote a special poem. She was the, the poet laureate for Victoria several years ago, and she wrote a special poem uh, for in in honor of Freddie, in honor of the Queen's passing, for a uh, uh, a service that we had here at the house, um, a memorial uh, for Freddie. Uh, on what would have been his, um, it was his his adoption day, September 11th, and that was last year, and uh, it was right after the Queen had passed away. So she incorporated this wonderful um, wow. imagery of the of you know the Queen that the Queen, the Queen's passing, and that um, uh, uh, how a collar with uh, with diamonds and how. Um, in heaven, there are no leashes. Um, beautiful. Uh, nice. So beautiful. That, I thought, you know, I really need to write something. Mm -hmm. um, I really need to do something. So I basically wrote the whole book in about in about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, uh, and it's taken a while to get it, you know, kind of pulled together for publication. Purposes. Of course. And of course, then like when my when my publisher, Heritage House in Victoria, they were interested in it. I, I cleaned it up. Uh, a lot of wonderful photos. We must have taken thousands of photos of Freddie over the years. And <laughs> in the US and here, and um, uh, um, he met so many interesting people. Um, and uh, um, and they, uh, everyone remembers him. And of course. So, and I, I just wanted, it, it's it's hell going through this as you know it's yeah it's yeah but i wanted to show that we had we had survived it and um, um was, was it cathartic to kind of write the book for him in his in his memory i yeah, mean it was painful yeah. but was it and, and in a way it, it, it because i'm a biographer and, and the books i write i i fancy they they give life back to these people who have died. Yeah. About. Um, I, it, it kind of keeps him with us in a way. It keeps yeah. him alive. It brings him back to life. Mm -hmm. um, but it was cathartic because it made me look at things that are um, hard to look at. And um, again, to revisit decisions that were made. Uh, yeah. And that in the diary, I, I'm pretty frank about that. I, some of the things I'm not sure I'm just not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, it doesn't matter now. But um, we were told that his heart was in such bad condition that um, uh, there was there was not a whole lot more we could do. And um, in fact, that night we said, well, you know, that early that morning, because he he died around dawn, um, October twenty fifth. And I mentioned to his his specialist. Um, should we leave him here to rest? And she said, I have to tell you, in the time it, it's taking for us to have this conversation, he might go. Yeah. So you, should, you should come in. Yeah. And, uh, let me let me share with you a couple of the comments we're getting. So this is from Maggles Waggles. My dog passed from hemangiosarcoma as well. I found out she had been suffering with heart failure for months. And in the end, I also didn't know what took her life. And then they add, I'm glad I made the decision to let her go before she started to suffer. 
And then we have from Alex, a diary is a wonderful way to re-perspective mm -hmm. the loss of Freddie into something positive. So people are really responding mm -hmm. to and resonating with what you're saying, Grant. And I, and I wanted to do that. I wanted to give to other people this hope that, you know, we, we because of COVID, ironically, it kept us apart from other people, didn't it? But um, while we were waiting in the parking lot for while he was having his chemotherapy treatments, we were cheek by jowl with other people also waiting in their cars. Yeah. And we saw dramas happening with people that you wouldn't normally see if they mm. were, were waiting with them in the in, in the their rooms. Room. Mm -hmm. um, and there was, I mentioned in the book, there was this one young man uh, in a sort of a, a rundown truck next to us. Um, he had brought his elderly large dog and she'd had to be carried in and something was not really not right with her. And uh, we heard him on the phone talking to the to the vet tech and then the vet tech came out and of course we heard everything. She was because it was summer, the windows were open. So she said, you know, there's 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 something we can do for her, but it's gonna cost it. And it's like ten thousand dollars. And you know very well he didn't have that money. Yeah. So he he made some calls. And it, it felt like he was making call. Maybe it seemed like he was making calls to try to get the money together. And then the, the next thing I know, he was he had his head on the steering wheel crying. Crying. And such a hard thing. There, but for the grace of, as I mentioned in the book, the grace of my godfather, Deleuze, who not only made me executor of his literary estate, but he 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 uh, gave me a whack of money. And it came at just the right time. It came it came the same month. That Freddie was, um, that Freddie was diagnosed with commander circus. Wow. Now we would have been willing to, you know, like sell everything to sure. our souls in order to, but but because of that, we never had. That's the one thing we never had to worry about. That that yeah. Yeah. was what things cost. We had good insurance. <laughs> Somebody's waking up. Somebody's waking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wonderful insurance um, through through Panion. But yeah. you, uh, you have to be able to pay, the, you know. You still have to pay a month. Like premium. 10000 10, yeah. 10, a pop. I mean, it's like you pay you pay up front, and then it's okay. Buddy. You pay up front, um, and you got to have that cash. Yeah. Or because you, you sign a document when you when they are the, the animal is, is taken in, stating that if you're not able to pay this bill, uh, we reserve the right to. Uh, to uh, uh, take the animal into our care, and I don't know if it's, there's anything like that in the states, but there is there is here. If we reserve the right to take the animal into our care, and uh, and uh, then they pay for all the you know all the work that they then the, the animal goes up for adoption. Um, wow! So we surrender the animal. Yeah, I don't think it happens. It's really menacing. Yeah, it does. I don't think it happens. That's probably, in the that's probably what this um, young man was being faced with. Sure. I never had to worry about it, you know. Thank, thank God. God. Thank God. That's, that's <laughs> um, something that we we, it's we like need to talk timing. more about. Actually, that's something we need yes. to talk more about. Is how stressful that is. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll we've heard from people who will say, and and I I I tend to feel like this is a good strategy, but I I don't know how it would feel to actually implement that. It's a good idea to have. A limit in mind like what you can 
what you can afford to pay and yes and then when and hopefully that you'll never be confronted with what that young man was confronted with but boy this, this is a this is such a huge issue and i know we're going to talk big more issue. about it it's a sad so, issue it's sad and there there are organizations here um i should say that that um foundations that will um that will help out people who who don't have the cash um but uh under certain circumstances you have to be able to pay the bill yeah. you have to pay that you have to pay the bill right. or they can't do the procedure or they can't they or, can't yeah. or the, the animal dies yeah, yeah so what right. do you do I mean, if it came to it, I would surrender the. I mean, within a, without any question, I would just surrender the animal. Because, and this is why, I used to think these people that surrender animals. I mean, how how could they do that? How could they do that? I know. Oh, I know exactly. No, yeah. I know exactly. I, 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 I saw why they do it, and I don't judge them. It's anymore. very sad. That that is such a Faustian choice. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just a terrible situation. People who abuse animals uh, deliberately, who, who maliciously, who, who uh, abandon them, who uh, neglect them um, deliberately. As my mother, I have my, quoted my mother in the book, give me five minutes with them. But, uh, <laughs> but people and just can't afford it. And, yeah. and I mean, and so, and I got to see that. I can front row see yep. not having to worry about it at all. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to need to bring our conversation to a close. It's been, it's been such a privilege oh, having Thank you. you with us, Grant. And I want to take, I want to do a few things. I want to go through some of your, your other books and just show people uh, the, the titles and, and give them a sense that this, that, that you have written a number of books about animals, also a number of books, as we That's mentioned so earlier, that are biographies of women uh, who were prominent but haven't been made prominent enough by history. And so here is the cover for Muggins. And do you want to say just a, a couple sentences about this book, maybe, Grant? Yeah, I, the the end of my my Freddie memoir uh, has sentences that uh, I think will be very interesting to people. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> okay. And then here is uh, Wu, which is about a monkey was the yes, companion yes. of Emily Carr. Yes. So so neat. And and then this is Rags. And I believe saying the yes, yes. That was <laughs> that was the first one. That was the one that Freddie first inspired me to write. With Rags? Yes. Okay. And then and then here is the Lost War Horses one. of Cairo. And uh I believe this is the Canadian That's cover. The UK edition. And this That's is the UK the edition. US. That's the, the US. Edition. I'm sorry, UK edition. That's UK and, US and then that's edition. US. And yeah. um, and again, the, the book that's coming out is titled Freddie the Rescue Dog Who Rescued Me. And we're expecting it nice. to be out sometime in the fall, correct? Yeah. And yeah. we will we'll make note sometime of that. In, in the fall. We'll make yeah. note of that and and thank you. Again, yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to keep you keep you on the in informed. Good. Okay. And I just want to make a couple of other comments. One is that we were talking some about financing the extra, the extraordinary cost sometimes. And we do have a list in the community tab of the YouTube of our YouTube channel that has a whole roster of uh, places where you can go and 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 perhaps get some grant some money help. to help with that. We also want to just yes. remind people so important. 
Yeah, yeah. If you if you found this program helpful, if you find this program helpful, please do take a moment and subscribe on YouTube because it'll alert other people to this as a resource of support for them as well. Mm -hmm. And so, Grant, we want to thank you once again. Thank you. Always, it's really great actually talking with you after corresponding with you. And thank you so much for Likewise. sharing the, the manuscript and also sharing Muggins, which I'm going to read next. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we'll keep, we'll hope to keep the correspondence going, the communication going. Thank you. That was my last book that Freddie has, has accompanying me on my, my research trips. So uh, he lives in that book as well. And Very. good luck with little Nico. Yes. He's beautiful. Yes. He says, <laughs> good help. Now he's going to have good health. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take care. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.